worship of God. And the wording is speaking of truth and uh, and the stuff is done. And then on top of that, the bride is long different sickness. I had a terrible sickness. I had a, a season of illness and one thing after another. And it's like, oh, I, I knew it just punctured that my soul needs to the gut. Real cool spiritual, you know. And you're fighting physical, physical. Often you don't get sick. It's more Does get quiet. She referred one time to her being my kite, and I said I like flying kites. Well, he's my anchor. Is that what about? I'm a kite. Well, it's good to be here. Good to see all of you again. Some of you new, and. Uh, some of you have referred to past times that we've been here, and it has been many years since we were first acquainted with the work here. Uh, I won't go into that. That was quite a while ago, but um, I appreciate your pastor and his wife and family, and uh, they are stalwarts in the faith, and I'm glad that you had them. And uh, we're not going to counsel them to leave you. And, uh, <laughs> even if you come to me and say, we want you to counsel them to leave you, I'm not going to do that. All right. Today in the church calendar, if, if any of you have followed at all, would be a part of the, still part of the Easter season. And... Uh, Easter is more than just uh, one celebration of a, of a day, but it goes over several weeks until you enter into the celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And uh, this week, of course, will be what uh, is known as Ascension Thursday, when we are rem reminded that Jesus uh, not only rose again from the dead, but he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And there he ever lives to make intercession for us. Aren't you glad for that? So today, uh, I'm going to uh, fit into that calendar, if that's okay with you. Is that all right? Is that being unspiritual? Um, and uh, we're going to talk about the promise of another comforter. And some of the things that have already been said and sung today uh, cause me to uh, realize afresh that we have comfort in this life because we have a comforter. And uh, turn with me to John chapter 14. And as I read, reread this several times in the last day or so, uh, it's, a, it's a chapter that is full of promise. And starting right with the first verse, uh, a verse, uh, a portion that is often used at funerals, but uh, we need to realize that we are in the world and he has gone before us to prepare a place for us. That where he is, we may also be. Aren't you glad for that? And uh, as I reread this, I, I was appreciating the, the connection uh, of the whole chapter uh, from the first to the last of the preparation of the Lord to bring us unto himself. And it doesn't begin after we have 
breathed our last breath. It actually begins when, when he calls us and when he uh, brings us unto himself in salvation, confession of faith, and probably you can even say before then that he has been working on us. Aren't you glad for that? But uh, I want to I wanna start with chapter 14 of John and verse 15. Uh, and the Bible says, give attention to the reading of the word. And I understand that that means to the public reading of the word. And we used to consider it tradition to have a portion read every service. But uh, it's really biblical that we would give attention to the reading of the word of the Lord. So let me read chapter 14, verse beginning of verse uh, um, 15 and going to 21. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall live also. In that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And of course, uh, going on through the, the chapter, you find that there are questions raised to, that, that we might be shown the way or we might be shown the Father. And so when, when we think about the promise that Jesus gave to his disciples, that promise continues on into our day. The promise that he would not leave us without a comforter. Uh, the comforter, of course, is uh, one who comes alongside of you. I won't, I won't try to pronounce the Greek word and all that, but uh, it's one who comes along uh, the side of you to give you aid and is primarily uh, meant to be an active uh, word in our lives. And uh, it suggests the uh, capability and the adaptability for giving aid. He gives us aid. Aren't you glad for that? And uh, the comforter or the consoler corresponds to a Hebrew name given to the Messiah. It's all part of the plan, all the way down through the ages and even before time. And Jesus was concerned, and this shows his character, it shows his quality, it shows his person. He was uh, concerned for those he loved and who were close to him. He is concerned for us. And I want to emphasize for a moment the fact that he said to them, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as orphans. I will pray the Father that he will give to you another comforter. What is he saying about himself when he says that? That he himself is a comforter. He himself was a comforter when he was in the earth. His disciples must have perceived his comfort. They must have understood the, the, uh, the closeness of his spirit and his life with them, giving them comfort through many trials, even though sometimes it looked like he was absent. Yet he came on the scene, didn't he? And he brought himself to them and showed himself strong to them. And... Uh, Jesus was concerned for those he loved 
and who are close to him. And remember, on the, uh, when he was yet on the cross, the Comforter was there. He said to John, look, at, there's my mother. Now she's your mother. Right? And mother, behold, John. And, and so he connected the two in order that she would be comforted and that John himself would be comforted. There would be a connection with who he is and who he was at the time. So, uh, as Sharon has already said, there are seasons of dryness. There are times when, when things go opposite to what we think they ought to go, but we must understand that he is there to comfort us. And when he says, I'm sending, I'll pray the Father that he will send you another comforter, it identified for them what they could look for because they, they were with him and he was with them in many different situations. He was concerned that they not be left alone. And it, that continues even today. That's why he is known as the one who intercedes for us. See, when he went away, he didn't just go away and leave us. He went away in order that another comforter could come. And greater works shall you do. We already sang something about that, right? And, and because he went away, there was a multiplication of who he is, a multiplication of what he does, because the, another comforter comes for the purpose of helping us, coming to our aid, walking alongside of us, walking within us, alongside of our, if you want to say it, alongside of our soul. Hmm? He, he's not, a, he doesn't necessarily outside there, but he's within us. That's another whole message, another whole sermon. But he, he said, I will pray the Father. Notice the connection again of his concern for them that he himself would not just leave it to something else or to chance or whatever, but he would himself would enter into an intercessory prayer as soon as he sat down at the right hand of God the Father and he says, I will pray the Father that he will send. And I like that, that he will send. Because God the Father sent the first comforter, is that right? And so when we talk about another comforting, a comforter, who sends the other comforter? I will pray that he will send you. What? He shall give you. That's not maybe, but it shall. He shall give you another comforter. And I trust that uh, we hear what the Spirit wants to say to us today because we're living in a society more and more where there is a great divide between what is for the church and believers and that which is of the world. And, but he has not taken us out of the world. Hmm? And he has not made us exclusive in, in a way, but we are in the world, but we are not what? Of the world. We are of him. And when he said, I will pray the Father, that he will give you or shall give you another comforter, he, he knew, he knew something. There was, a, there was a prophetic thrust even in his declaration to his disciples that you're not going to go into this world alone. You're not going to be left in this world alone. Now you're going to go through a period of time when you will feel alone. You're going to go through a time of when you feel separated. 
because you're seeing me now because I'm with you, but then, then you're not going to see me. Is that what he said? Then you're not going to see me for a time. But when he went into the grave, something happened in, in the heavenlies and something happened that affected the earth. Something happened that would affect all of us that we would live and not die. Uh-oh. Come on. Though you die, yet shall you what? Live. Death was dealt with because death is dealt with when there is comfort. Come on. When someone dies is close to you, what do you look for? You look for comfort, right? What does it do in you? It helps you deal with the loss. It helps you deal with the, the separation. It helps you deal with the, the, the death with a capital D. But he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will pray the Father and he shall send. <laughs> and he shall send another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Huh. There's mystery in that. There's great mystery in that. That how it is we can walk in this life with all of the things that come against us and surround us and so forth and he is present with us. Now, our, our faith is not built on feeling. Is that right? Our faith is built on what? Tell me. On truth, on faith, on, on word. See? So we have his word that has come to us through the ages and the Word tells us <laughs> that He abides with us. Hallelujah. And sometimes that's all you can stand on. You might even say to somebody, I don't feel it. Well, He never said you had to feel it. You just had to know it. And the knowing is more than an intellectual knowledge. The knowing has to do with intimacy. It has to do with a knowledge that is a knowledge of the Lord. And the knowledge of the Lord shall fill all the earth. Hallelujah. And this is talking about how the promises of God will be fulfilled when, when he said himself, he said to Israel, but as truly as I live, all the earth, shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And when did he say that to them? He said that when they failed to enter into the fulfillment of his desire for them and for his promise. They, didn't, they, they reacted to the circumstances. They reacted to what they could see and they could not enter in. But God did not change his design. God did not change his word. He said, in, in the face of that, he said, but as truly as I live. How many know God is still alive? Hallelujah. And, uh, but as truly as I live, all, say it with me, all there shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And when Jesus said this to his disciples, <laughs> that he may abide with you forever, there is a word in that that comes to us in our day and in our circumstances that he is abiding with us. Now when somebody abides with you, you know they're there. By faith, yes, but he's there. Amen? When somebody comes to your house and they say, I'm going to abide here, uh, what do you do? Uh-oh. 
we had, we had, we had a, uh, uh, an opportunity, I'll call it an opportunity, it was a privilege. Some young person needed a place to go. Their father said, we want you to go and stay with Bernard and Sharon. We had had her when she was little. So one day, the door opened, and two suitcases were set down, and she says, I'm here. We didn't know she was coming. We had no idea what was going on, but I'm here. It was something, because she was saying, I'm coming to abide. So we just moved over, made a bedroom, made the bed, and she abided with us until the Lord was finished with it. That's not the only case I could tell you about, but there are, there are times when we need to realize that when God moves into our life, he's there to stay. Amen? He's there to stay. And whatever you do with him, you're going to give the account. Uh-oh. Because your, and, and, and I saw this again, our body, now we can talk about the greater body of Christ, and that, that can be mystery, and that can be wonderful, and wonderful because it, we can say it belongs to them. But when it belongs to Myself, I, myself, me, myself, and I, right? Is that what it is? When it abides us. We need to appreciate the fact that we have become containers of the one who said he will abide with you forever. When you opened your heart to the Lord and you said, Lord, I'm coming you to you. I'm confessing my sin. I want you to come into my heart. How many know he did that? Mm -hmm. Then when you say, I want more of you, and so you come and you say, Lord, I, I know that your Holy Spirit lives within me, but I want a baptism of your Spirit. And you know, the baptism of the Spirit, when you think of the word baptize, what do you think of? Immersion, right? You, how many have been immersed in water? Oh, you, you gave yourself to the baptizer, right? And he, he put you down. And he didn't hold you there, thank God. But when you came up, how many, how many can say you were all wet? So from then on, when somebody says, you're all wet, you can say, yeah, I am. I'm all wet. When you are baptized, your whole soul, your body, everything experiences something that is divine and powerful in the Holy Ghost. Hmm? And when that happens, then you become you become filled with another comforter. And your body becomes the temple of another comforter. Your body becomes the dwelling place of another comforter. And your, your whole self becomes affected by another comforter. That's why Jesus was so concerned when he was saying farewell to them that they would understand that they would not be left to be orphans in the world, but that they would be filled with the Comforter from above because he would pray the Father and the Father would send. I love that. The Father would send another comforter. And he would abide with you for ever. How many are still in the ever? Amen. Huh? Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm about to get excited. But 
Then he, then he describes this thing. Uh, even the spirit of truth. When we live in a, in a world that is, uh, a lot of it is built on lies, and you, know, you hear a lot said now about this one and that one is lying and, and so forth and so on and fake news and all that. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just like throw up your hands and say, forget it all, right? But as believers, we can live with the understanding that there is a spirit, the spirit of truth. Not a spirit of truth, the spirit. Is that what it says here? Even the spirit. Does your Bible have a capital S on that spirit? So it's, it's not just another human spirit. It's not another kind of spirit, but it is the Spirit, capital S, of truth. How is it that this can be so? It's because He is truth. Huh? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. The Father of lights. The Spirit of the Father comes. To reveal truth to us in a day when that needs to be revealed. Now listen to this. When, Whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. I know it's easy to say to somebody. You can, when you see it, you can believe it. But the gospel is centered in believing before you see it. Hmm? The world cannot receive him, the, the spirit of truth, because it doesn't see him. There's mystery. Church, never lose sight of the fact that we are mysterious people. We live in mystery. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth comes from above. The spirit of truth, with a capital S, is different than just information that is brought to you, or, or it's just a manifestation of something. The world cannot receive him because it cannot see him. You think you're going undercover. No, you're not going undercover. God has a way of preserving His truth in the darkness, in the, in the time when there's resistance to it. Truth is from above. Truth is from the Father of the Father God. The Spirit of truth comes from the Father. And when you are living in a in a world that is, that is full of non-truth. Get acquainted with the, the spirit of truth. Let that another comforter come to you in a fresh way every day so that you are comforted. There is an aid beside you, in you. There is there is an understanding mind that comes in the Holy Ghost to you. And when you are faced with difficulties in the world, don't expect that the world is going to give you the answer. Know that there is one that is not received by the world, but there is a truth that comes from above. And the truth is in Christ Jesus. The truth is in the Father God. The truth is in the spirit of life. Hallelujah. And when we, when we have the scriptures with us, when we have the word written in our hearts and in our minds, when we are confronted with everything but truth, that, that comforter comes alongside and says, hold it. Just hold it. Just hold it. And you know that there's something that is off color somewhere, right? 
and there is something in you that says, I'm just holding it. Because the Comforter comes to aid us through every situation where we are challenged by the untruth and by the, uh, the lies of the enemy. Mm. All right? But you, it says, know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And you're going to talk about that one on the day of Pentecost, right? And shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't you love it? Yes. Yes. And I like verse 20. Verse 20 says, At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. On that day. What day? When and I'll try not to get into the whole day of Pentecost. I'll leave that to another day. But on the day of Pentecost, what happened? The Spirit of God came from heaven. It was a sound first, and then it filled them. And they, they looked at one another and said, what is that? And Peter stands up and says, this is that which was spoken. And the prophetic word that was set into motion was manifested on that day. And their eyes were opened. They saw something they had never seen before. But there was one thing that was being said to them. In that day, you shall know. Is that what it says? In that day, you shall know that I am in my Father. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost came, there, there was a knowledge that this same Jesus that had been raised from the dead, they had seen ascend in the cloud, was now seated at the right hand of God the Father, and there he had prayed that his father would send another comforter. Is that right? So when they received this power, and this, this manifested power, the Spirit of God, don't you think that they weren't happy? Whoa, he's alive. He's alive. He really is alive. He's up there. Because I believe that when that wind and when that spirit, when the spirit of God came into the room, they recognized the spirit because they had been with him. It was the same spirit that was in him, the spirit of the Father, the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and when he ascended, and that spirit was released by the Father, <laughs> there came a knowledge within them, something that they knew but they didn't know, and it came alive in them. This is that which was spoken of. Don't you think that they remembered these words? I will pray the Father, and He shall send to you. And you shall know that I am in my Father. And based on that, they would be able to understand what he said. I will not leave you as orphans. Because the Spirit of the Father was poured out on that day. I will pray the Father. He shall send. Hallelujah. And that same Spirit raised Christ from the dead, came and dwelt within them. And I like to think that the Holy Spirit contains the Spirit of the Father. 
Come on. So that when we live in a fatherless day, true religion involves what? Caring for the fatherless, right? So that the Spirit of God comes upon His people in the last days, He will pour out His Spirit because there will be a need for the Spirit of the Father to be realized by the church in the world in order that we might care for those who feel like they're orphans. Now, if the Spirit of the Lord is on us and in us, the orphan spirit is no longer controlling us. Hallelujah. You, some days you feel like wandering. Well, go wander. The Holy Spirit will seek you out and say, you belong. Amen? Like the prodigal son. He said, I'm going to go do my thing. And the, and the Holy Spirit didn't let him get away with it, right? He came to himself and he says, I'm better off back there as a servant. Right? So when you think you're going to just wander around and everything, I pray that the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will come and make you free from the law of sin and death and bring you into sonship. Hallelujah. Bring you into the placement of a son. And, that, and, and, and that's not excluding women when I say son. But it has to do with the position of this elder son. And we're reminded again uh, late, uh, sometime recently about, uh, was it Caleb's daughter or somebody? He said, I, I, some, one of those needed, they didn't have an elder brother, so they laid claim like the son. And all of us are sons of God. Hallelujah. Sons of God. It's not a gender issue, it's a position issue. That we are sons of God. And he came to bring many sons unto glory. So when the Spirit of the Lord comes, it's a spirit of adoption that brings us away from what we are in the natural to bring us into position of the spiritual and brings us into a placement in the household of God. Hallelujah. So that there is a, a cry by the Spirit of adoption. Romans again, Romans 8. That whereby we cry, Abba Father, or Daddy Father. The intimacy that goes between the Son and the Father is meant for us by the coming of the Holy Spirit. Then another comforter shall bring you away from orphanship, if I can use that word, comes away from being in the orphanage and brings you into adoption, into a household that has life and grace and mercy and word and bread and all that needs to be given to you for your nourishment and for your growth so that you can move on in life and dwell in this world and not be part of the world. Hallelujah. You've been adopted out of the world. <laughs> and you're in a new house. Amen? You, you may feel some of that out there, but you are not of that. You are in another house. And you, you have a father. You have the spirit of the father. You have the spirit of the son. You have the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Dwelling in you. Saying, you are mine. You are mine. You are mine. You are mine. Hallelujah. <laughs> Not only is he saying, you are mine. He's saying, I am yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was all his idea. <laughs> you didn't have to think about it. He did. He said, I'm, I'm going back to the Father and I'm, I, you're going to know that I'm in the Father because I'm going I'm to pray to Him. And every moment, every day, 
He is at the right hand of God the Father and the spirit of adoption is flowing between Him and His Father and the spirit of the Father is being poured out on the earth today so that those who are orphaned need to be brought in with the revelation that you are not of this world but you are of the kingdom of God and there is another world that you can live in. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Come on. This church is well placed so that you can reach into the whole area and with a message that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you to bring you, to adopt you, to make you alive where you're once dead, to make you full of life and truth, to make you long for, for heaven rather than being despaired in the earth. Hallelujah. Now how many love the Lord? If you love Him, what? Keep His commandments. Is that what it That means if you're going to serve God, follow Him. If you're going to follow Him, serve Him. If you're going to say you love Him, act like you love Him. You know, if you took a, a census of people in your community and asked them what they thought of the church, I wonder what you would hear. But we are to be known as people who love one another. As he has loved us, so we love one another. And how many times communities are left vacant because there's been discord among God's people? Huh? So I'm telling you, I don't know if I need to tell you, but I'm telling you, Keep the love on. All right? You say, "What? I don't like brother so-and-so doing that. Well, forget it. Let him do it. You ought to be doing something yourself. I don't like the way he says, praise the Lord. Well, why don't you say, praise the Lord? You know? I mean, you think I'm joking, right? I don't, I don't like the way he, he always shouts. Well, why don't you shout? Huh? You got a, a person who, every time the Spirit of the Lord came on him, he would jump and run and run across the church and, and so forth and so on. And somebody said, you need to stop him from doing it. I said, what? You need to stop him. No, no. So let's join him. Some of the greatest blessings we've had is when, when the whole church got up and had what we used to call Jericho mar marches. Ever, ever been in a Jericho march? You need wider aisles. But uh, a Jericho march is when everybody gets so blessed in the promises of God that they start marching around the church. And one of the first moves in the, in the Jesus movement, when we went to Utica area, uh, church. One of, one of the first services I was in, I could hardly believe my eyes. A bunch of young people sitting on the front rows, they got up and they started jumping around the church. I mean, the guys had these long ponytails, you know, and bare midriffs, bare feet, and they started jumping, leaping, and praising God all around that church. It was an old Presbyterian church, and the, the floors did this. And the, but, but it was glory. Something broke in the heavens. And for someone to say, you need to stop that. I say, let's join them. Huh? Now, I'm not telling you you've got to do that to be spiritual. I'm just using that as an illustration. That we live in mystery. And when God wants to reveal something more about himself, it's going to be something that brings us 
away from being orphans into knowing who we are in him. Hallelujah. Pastor, Pastor, come and lead us in prayer and bring us to the close of all of this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.